Welcome, everybody, to the FCS Football Podcast presented by the Believe Podcast Network. I am Sean Anderson, joined by Joe DeLeon via our Discord server. You can always track us if you wish to. We have had zero inquiries about joining us during the Discord server and hearing the live rendition of our uh, our shows, but that's okay. We're going to keep on offering because we're pretty nice guys, I think. Uh, we have a big show for you today, but first, some big news has dropped in the FCS. Uh, Youngstown State head coach Bo Pelini has resigned and is now opted to become the defensive coordinator for LSU. Pelini a very strong coach at Youngstown State. He's had a very long tenured career in college football, and I personally believe that Youngstown State is going to be missing him. I don't think necessarily that we will see a North Dakota-style resurgence after losing their head coach. Joe, your thoughts on Pelini uh, heading to LSU? Yeah, we, we don't typically react to a lot of this coaching news just because we're not reporters, but this is something that does need reaction because one, he's going to the national championship winning team at the FBS level. And he was arguably one of the best coaches at the FCS level. He took them to a national championship. He took Youngstown state to multiple playoff appearances. And he was previously a good coach at Nebraska started to fall off towards the end of his time there with the Cornhuskers, but still an incredible coach was a huge get for Youngstown state when he decided to drop down to the FCS drop down in terms of go down to the FCS level, not because he was, you know, the, the sacrificing his position and, and the possibility of continuing to go elsewhere. But he decided to come down the FCS coach at Youngstown State and did an incredible job for that program. They're, they're really hurting right now, and, and the timing of it also really does suck because it's it's really really bad time to lose your head coach because a lot of these vacancies have already been filled by top candidates there's really not much you can do right now because all of those top quality head coaches have already decided to go on to other programs. Now, Youngstown State does have the draw of a top-tier FCS program, so I wouldn't be surprised if they were able to get a haul of a former FBS head coach or a, an FBS defensive coordinator, or if they were able to steal a top-quality head coach from a smaller FCS school. It's going to be something that we're going to be monitoring and checking over the next few weeks. Now, I have a couple statements that uh, Coach Bo Pelini left us all with. Um, first, uh, on his thoughts on joining LSU, he stated, The opportunity to return to LSU is truly unique. Culturally, with my prior experience at LSU, I know it is a great fit for me. The chance to work with Coach Orgeron, the ability to take charge of the Tigers' defense, all of that in a place that both my family and I immensely enjoyed when we were there before is very exciting for us. We are honored and looking forward to this next chapter. So him having history there, I believe, I can, I'm speculating, probably had some say in that decision. But he also said, quote, trust me, I will be checking in every week in the fall to follow the Penguins as they continue to build on our successes. And I know they have great days ahead. So he's handling it like a pro. And I don't think anybody can really knock him per se, for him making this choice to go to LSU. I think anybody that's listening to this or anybody within the FCS, if presented said opportunity, would take it. Yeah, the, definitely anyone has that opportunity to move up. They're going to take advantage of that opportunity. It's kind of ironic in the sense that Youngstown State has this tendency to 
create really good coaches or have really good coaches that decide to move up and leave. They had Jim Tressel, who went on to be an incredible coach at Ohio State until his career ended because of a scandal. But Youngstown State is such a great location, and it's really great for recruiting and bringing in top-quality talent. He's also produced a number of NFL players that not only are guys that are on rosters, but are competitive, very, very good players. Derek Rivers for the Patriots. Avery Moss is another guy that's worth noting. It's It really is a shame that the Penguins are losing Pelini, but I can guarantee that they're going to be able to bring somebody else good in to fill that role. I think generally as FCS fans, we root for coaches that move up like Kent State this year with North Dakota State's previous coach I was rooting for Kent State solely for that reason I was Kansas State Kansas State yes pardon me pardon (laughs) me a little confusion there on my end but I was rooting for Kansas State then Joe okay well I was gonna let I wasn't gonna let you be wrong And then you, well, you also have you also have Mike Houston from JMU who moved up to East Carolina. Um, so another situation of a good FCS coach moving up and, and, and all of us really wishing to have success. And there's a lot of really good FCS coaches that moved on to have good careers. Heck, Chip Kelly's one of them. He previously coached at UNH and created and started a run of success for them, decided to move on and eventually found his way at Oregon and then soon the NFL. A lot of people have their first shot and opportunity as a head coach at the FCS level, and it's really a breeding ground for top-quality head coaches. It is confirmed as Kansas State. Well, we have a oh, lot of exciting things. Oh, you had to go and check? Things. You didn't trust I, me? I just wanted to double-check. I, no, I trust it. I just wanted to double-check and see that I was very, very wrong there. Coach Coniglio is at Kent State. Part of yeah. That's That's where I had the crossover. Okay. Well, we have something very, very exciting coming up on the program. But first, I believe Joe has a little bit of advice for the bettors out there. I do have some advice. If you're interested in betting on the big game up coming up this weekend for the NFL, we have the 49ers facing off against the Chiefs. The season is finally coming up to an end. Why not put a little bit of money on it? and make it a little bit more interesting. If you're going to do that, head over to mybookie.ag to make your predictions a reality. Whether you're choosing the winner or making a side bet with a friend, mybookie offers you the most up-to-date odds and a site that makes extra cash easy and fast. You can even visit mybookie.ag party to access a principal prop sheet for the big game. Makes things a lot more exciting than just watching it and sitting and observing it. Might as well put a little bit of cash on it and make it all the more fun. And maybe you're not interested in betting on that game. Well, there's plenty of opportunities for you to bet elsewhere. My bookie has lines and odds and options to bet on anything from the NBA to the Premier League. If you join right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you'll get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with, which is incredible. Every time I read that, it blows my mind that they're willing to give you $1,000 if you put $2,000 down to bet. That is a lot of extra money to bet with. All you have to do to get that free money is... Go use our promo code BLV to activate the offer. Once again, the promo code is BLV to get your extra crash from my bookie. Play, win, get paid. And now we are grateful to have former NFL player 
NFL analyst seen on NFL Network, seen on CBS Sports. Uh, he is a broadcaster for Believe Podcast. He handles the 49ers broadcast. Eric Davis, two-time Pro Bowl, three-time All-Pro player, Super Bowl champion, and a Jacksonville State alumni. Now, Eric... We'll get to the football you stuff. You should have led with that, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll we'll start with the uh, we'll we'll get to the real uh, nitty gritty in a second. But I follow you on Twitter, and Joe does as well, and that is at underscore Eric Davis underscore. And when I follow you, a couple things pop up a little bit, and I just have some questions for the, about these hashtags, if that's all right. Uh, yeah, sure, sure, go for it. Yeah, hashtag damn dudes. I, I've. Uh, could you explain that one for me? Uh, well, uh, we always talk about coaches and coaches uh, on the hot spot, and coaches all of a sudden they turn it around, and and that was in reference to Robert Sala because at the beginning of the season everyone was saying that this guy shouldn't be the coordinator. You know, he's the first-time defensive coordinator for the 49ers. Uh, and, and there were questions as to whether or not he could do his job. And what and that hashtag arrives from me just saying that you become a much better coach when you have some damn dudes in the room. <laughs> and that's all I wanted to point out, that the 40, when I was talking about the 49ers and they were talking about whether or not they could continue to do what they were doing, and I was like, yes, they can because they have damn dudes. That's what it's about. When you have damn dudes, you, it's amazing how good a coach you can be when you look around the locker room and it's filled with damn dudes because dudes can get it done. That's where <laughs> that came from. Okay, gotcha. And now uh, hashtag big can. Hashtag what? Big can. Big can. Oh, the big can. That was in reference to um, Green Bay Packers talking all the nonsense that they were talking. And, ah. <laughs> and, and they were saying that the first game was an anomaly. And I just wanted to point out that they weren't ready for that big can of ass whooping that we're about to get open up. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> And then uh, we have a couple. <laughs> we have a couple more here. Hashtag Fat Mouth Wednesday. Oh, fat mouthing man! You've never you've never heard anyone tell you a true story that they just made up. Uh, I I can't recall off the top of my head. <laughs> so so that but Fat Mouth Wednesday. That's that's what I, that is just something I started with Rich Eisen. Every Wednesday I would go into his show and. And we would start talking about things. And, and I told him, I said, it's kind of like being at the barbershop. We're at the barbershop, called fat mouthing, where guys have all of these stories. And the longer they were away from things, the longer, uh, the, the less people who remember actually seeing you do something, uh, the greater the story of that event can be. And that's fat mouthing. When, you know, there, there is some truth to it. But like I said, it's, it's guys sit down and say, let me tell you about this true story I just made up. That's that mouth Wednesday. That's what it is. <laughs> That's impeccable. And then uh, I am a fan of the. Uh, it's always timely. The hashtag. It's Friday Fool. Oh, that's that's just it. That one started with Brian Tyranny when we were doing the uh, PM drive in the Bay Area at ninety-five-seven. The game. He and I were co-host of the show, and uh, he would. He he won Friday. He was just asking me about my enthusiasm for for what was going on because I'm pretty 
much this way all the time. He was asking me about this Friday and how was it? And I told him, I was like, well, why would you not be this way? It's Friday, fool. It continued from that point on. I don't, it, it just, it continued. It started because then it turned into a thing. Oh, you won't say that on, you won't say that on air. I'm like, why wouldn't I? And then you won't say it on television. Why wouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> and you won't say it on this particular show. Okay, try me. <laughs> so, See, I don't it. think I don't think that many people use hashtags that much on Twitter. So I I absolutely love that you have a, like a good storyline behind all of these. Uh, every single one. Sean and I were were just love all the hashtags you've been doing. The, the one of the best Twitter accounts that I think on on social media right now <laughs> is yours. Uh, you, you know what? I'm I'm just getting back going. It, it's it's funny, you know. I, I I went in and my my daughter originally my underscore Eric Davis underscore. She's the one who picked that out and she started doing it. it was like, okay, dad, that's what you go with. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna try and change it because everyone was like, oh, it's too hard. And and then afterwards, realized like, what's hard about it? You only type it in once. But I was gonna go and try and change it. I didn't realize that once you change it, you lose your verification, you lose your followers, you use every lose everything. So, um, if you check my account, you'll see September of whatever, like September of of last year. That's when it started because everything before that, <laughs> it caspered. It's gone. Oh, but that's okay. Here we are. So now you know what those hashtags mean i appreciate it that's that's fantastic now just to uh just to for the real reason that uh we have you on we just want to discuss um some of the first of all some of the draft process um stuff that you went through uh being a smaller school athlete so how uh, the process for you as a small school football player um how was it in uh for getting drafted Okay, much different than the process that that's process that these guys are going through now, because now the smaller schools uh, have gotten to a point to where uh, the the exposure is there, and and the scouts, um, you know, personnel departments, coaches, they they know more about you. They they just see you more. I, I mean, you know, my I get I get I, you know I live in L.A. but I get to watch my I get to watch my colors play. I get to watch my team play because everyone's on television now. Uh, you know, most of the conferences have TV deals, so you can see it. So there's more exposure. When I was coming out, uh, D2 schools, nobody knew. They didn't see you. Uh, the way I even got an opportunity, because I, I answered this question last week. Someone asked me, you know, about, you know, the Niners are going to the Super Bowl. And, and like, you're getting ready to go to the Super Bowl. How was it you were getting ready to live out this childhood dream? And I said, you're assuming that I dreamt of being a football player. And I was like, that wasn't an occupational choice when I was growing up. I never thought I was going to play pro football. I said, I played football because it was football season. <laughs> and and that's what I did. And and what happened was just every year they kept telling me I, I made the team. So I just kept playing. And that went on until I was 34 years old. Uh, but um, people didn't know. So my junior year in college, a guy named Dave Campo, um, ironically, he was the um, he was a, a scout for the Dallas Cowboys, and he didn't come looking for looking for me. He came to the school looking for Orlando Cheeseburger Adams. So rumors had gotten gotten around about this three hundred pounder that we had playing that three technique. Um, well, actually, he was playing a four for us, but he he was. 
he, you know, this this guy that had an opportunity to play while looking at the film on Cheeseburger, this guy said he you know, he kept seeing this number five jump out and make plays. So he wanted to know who I was. So he got me out of class. I come down. I'll cut to the chase. We talked. He was like, if you were a senior, because then no one came out early as well. He was like, if you were a senior, you'd have an opportunity to come to camp. Can't say you'd get drafted, but you'd have an opportunity to go to go to camp. You're not a senior. I'll be back next year. You let me know if you want to play. I'll be able to tell on film. Cut to the following year. I have a pretty good season. The team does really well. Um, and I get invited to the combine, which was, you know, kind of an anomaly for Division Two as well. After So I go to the combine. No one knows who I am. I go to the combine, and I perform, you know, fairly well and i'm and i and i remember being at the combine and i'm seeing these guys from you know notre dame and ohio state and florida state and usc and i'm looking at all of these guys and i remember thinking wow i'm stronger than him and i'm faster than him and well i, I think i do that better than him you know all, all those that's what was going through my head right i get back and this is the this is the thing because no one knew me after performing well at the combine now, all, because all of the NFL is there, now these guys all want to come in. And unlike today where you the schools have a pro day, you know, Jacksonville State's going to have a pro day and all, and all the scouts are going to get in and they're all going to come in and all the guys are going to perform. Well, we didn't have that. So I am not lying. Every damn day, every day, from the time I left the Combine, up until the day before the draft, I worked out for at least one NFL team every day. Wow. It was, it, I was so tired. Everyone always asked me, how was the morning of the draft? I said it was restful, peaceful, because I knew nobody was going to work me out. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got the best sleep ever the morning of the draft. I'm not lying. But that's, so that's, that was the, pro it was like every single day I was working out for a team, sometimes up to three teams. And no one wanted to. It was rare that guys would work me out at the same time. Everyone wanted to see their own individual um, drills. Everyone had uh, specific things they wanted me to do for the most part. Or, you know, always the interviews and all of these things. Everyone wanted to get me off to themselves and play these head games with me. But it was every single day. So that was that was my process. Fortunately, now for these guys, they don't have to do that. Um, uh, because it's a lot. It was, it, I'm not gonna, it was taxing, but it was one of those things. I didn't know that that wasn't necessarily the normal process. So you do it. I just, you know, I was like, okay, I'm just going to go and get my all, give my all. Cause I was okay with not being good enough. I, I really was. I, 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 I could have lived with it. And I told my parents, I could have lived with the fact that that wasn't my niche, that being a professional football player, wasn't meant to be. As I said, I didn't grow up saying, okay, I'm going to play pro football. It wasn't a career choice. Um, but I wasn't comfortable with saying I didn't work at it as hard as I possibly could. It was, it had been an opportunity had been presented. So I was going to exhaust that opportunity. So I did the workouts and that was, that was my um, senior year, finishing up combine working for scouts leading up to the draft. That's how it was. Every day, getting snatched out of class, um, just 
working out for people. So you mentioned the process with scouts, and then you also kind of hit on the the, the mind games that you mentioned from them. I, some of the FCS prospects I, I've talked to over the past year, some of them have told me at these all-star games, scouts will grill them in, in saying like, oh, are you actually prepared to play at the next level, even though you're coming from a smaller school? Did you ever have scouts giving you that type of questioning and, and, and kind of questioning if you're capable of stepping up to the challenge? Um, I, the way it would always be worded is what, what are you going to do if, if I line Jerry Rice up in front of you? Or what are you going to do if I line, you know, Chris Card in front of you or, or, you know, the different receivers at that time, Art Mark or, or you know, Irvin Fryer, you just talk about whoever was in the league at that time. So what, what are you going to do when he gets in front of you? And, my response was, I, I, you know, really, I'm, I'm going to kick his ass just like the other guys they put in front of me. I was like, that's my job, right? Uh, and so they would always try and test you as if the reason, the reason that you are at this school is because you aren't capable of handling the big time. Like, you know, I'm playing football. This is where I am. People develop at different times for different reasons. I mean, I, I was 5'5", five, five, 145 pounds when I graduated high school. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I was 6 feet 190 by the time I left the league. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I didn't stop growing until I was like 26 years old. I wore a size nine and a half when I got drafted. The day I was drafted, I wore a size nine and a half shoe. I wore I wore tw- I wore twelve and a half when I got out of out of the league. Talk about a growth like, spurt. I, I, I just kept growing. It, no, I don't know if it was a spurt. It's just I started so late. It was <laughs> it's continuous. Just, I, I continued growing throughout throughout my first five years in the league. Um, so that's so so that's that was one of those things. But you always get that question because you play at this level. Why that, that will you be able to handle the next level? And the and the question should be, it uh, should, the question should be was how did you view the competition you were playing against? And the answer to that should be on film. The evaluation is right there. All I can do is play at a level that I know to be my standard, and do what I do with whomever is in front of me. That's all I can do. It's, it's like when they always talk about a team having an easy schedule. Well, I don't make the schedule. All I can do is win the game. <laughs> that's that's all I can do is win the game that's scheduled. So that's something that you will always hear, and, and you get that. And even even when I was in the league, I actually had guys, a quick story here about them, and, and I don't mind tell, get, telling you their names because I told them at the time, you guys are idiots, Pat Terrell <laughs> and Rod Smith. They both two two of my teammates from the Carolina Panthers, but they both went to Notre Dame. They were in school at the same time I was in school while I was at Jacksonville State. You know these guys were at Notre Dame, and they were like, "Oh, Jacksonville State, you went to that little school. There's no way you would have been able to handle playing at a powerhouse like Notre Dame. There's no way you would have been so nervous at going in. Man, if you had to go into Michigan and play these teams, you, you wouldn't even have known how to perform. Like, what's the most people you played in front of? Five, six? And, you know, those are the things I would hear all the time. And I and I pointed out to Pat and Rod. I said, uh, I said, Pat, this is something I want to explain to you. I said, you and I got drafted the same year. I said, you went to that powerhouse. Notre Dame. I said, I went to this tiny school that played in front of five, six people, Jacksonville State. And I said, Pat, you and I both were second rounders. We got drafted in the same round. I said, okay, that's number one. And I said, and Rod, 
you're sitting here laughing, saying I couldn't have played at your school. And I said, you're my backup right now. I said, you better be glad I didn't go to Notre Dame or you wouldn't even made the league. They wouldn't have known who you are. You never would have played. <laughs> that's so, awesome. So, that, so that's the thing that you get from – there's this assumption that because you play at a – at a smaller school you are less than that that is that truly is something so yes you will get those questions and and more so when the guys hear those questions it's really just to see if they can get under your skin uh, because the the football evaluators they know you can see a ball player it's you you know it's it's in you you're there, and it doesn't take long to figure it out. And that's why they ask those type questions, because they want to see if you're going to back away and shy away from the fact that all I, all I do is compete with the person in front of me. I don't care where, they from, where they're from. It doesn't matter. It's about, it's about competing at the highest level. And, um, and truly, competition doesn't start when you're better than someone. Competition doesn't start until someone's as good as you. And True competition, that's why I love playing and I love playing at the highest level because the truest competition is when you are competing against someone who's better than you. Because just because you're bigger, stronger, faster, quicker doesn't mean that I can't beat you. Mm -hmm. I have to figure out how to win that matchup when you actually have more gifts than me. That's what the truest form of competition is. Not If I'm faster than you, I shouldn't win a race nine out of ten times. If I'm faster, I should win a 10 out of 10 because I'm faster. Now, how, how, do I, how do I figure out how to win the race when you are faster? That's, that's competing as opposed to just giving in. So that's what, they, that's what, they, that's what that, those small school questions are about. Are, are you going to bow down or are you going to say, man, you're crazy. Get out of here. So now we'll um, just get a couple of your thoughts on Jacksonville State. Uh, your alum school uh how do you see them making bigger steps in this upcoming season after a year which was it showed a lot of bright spots but it also showed times where it looked like they didn't have it all figured out yet um well when you you know you've had some really good teams there and 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 guys move on so I I do love what the coaching staff has, what they're doing there. They have established, um, they reestablished the fact that when you put on those colors, there's an expectation to play at a certain level. Uh, that's it. And last season was not the standard that um, anyone is happy with. Uh, but you have to have you have to have players come in, get experience, and understand that winning is a process. And that there are no days off just because just because you're a freshman and you're watching um, the upperclassmen out on the field perform and win games doesn't mean that when your time comes, you're automatically going to win just because the last crew won and you're running the same offense and defense and the same, you know, all the schemes are there and the coaches there for the most part. That doesn't mean that that's going to happen. So you so. Sometimes losing will show you that, okay, it's not as easy as you thought. You've, you've seen the good times. Now you have to earn, you have to truly earn the right to win games. 
And I think that they'll be okay because I believe that what is happening there and what has been established with the, with the coaching staff uh, is something that they will be able to instill into this group. Uh, and and um, they also know how to get the, the right players in there, which is a major part of it. Uh, you know, you, you, you have to recruit well. You have to have players that will come in and perform and then and then you have to have players that actually want to be there and want to take ownership of it and just refuse to lose so i feel comfortable that they will be able to find those type players and that the coaches will still be able to push them to um, reach for the highest level that they can reach for because you know it's been established there you, 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 there's a standard that is expected to be risen to, and, and they know it. Well, that's, uh, we're all very excited to see how uh, Jacksonville State plays next season. We'll be covering it all year on the FCS Football Podcast, and we just want to thank you uh, for coming on. It's Eric Davis at underscore Eric Davis underscore. You can listen to his 49ers show on the Believe Podcast Network and wherever else you can find ours. Uh, thank you so much for coming on today, Eric. It really means a lot. Hey, no problem, guys. Like I told you before, I appreciate the invitation. I don't get invited places much. <laughs> Thanks, Eric. All right, guys. Take it easy. Have a good one. Well, that was just fantastic. Uh, I am still a little bit not starstruck because I think both of us have, have had plenty of interactions with former NFL players or current NFL players and, and members of the, the industry, but he was really – good with us i i don't think we've had a better interview collectively uh in our process in the media right, yeah he, Joe? yeah he gave us so much and the fact that he was able to relate to the situation that we're currently observing which is following these fcs draft prospects and really getting to see what it's like from their perspective and you'll get to hear that from the mini doc series that we're going to be unveiling at the end of episodes coming up very soon but hearing it from a guy that had so much success in the nfl and albeit he was coming from Jacksonville State when they were a Division II school, it is still certainly as reflective of how the process is. And again, albeit that was at a different time period as well, it's just very, very different. You have all of these big school guys coming out, even if they're not as good as some of these FCS players, they're going to get the most attention from scouts and also from fans in terms of people wanting them to come play for their teams. These FCS guys have to go out there and prove themselves not only week in and week out during games, but also when scouts come to practices, when they have to go to those talent evaluation things, like the even smaller unknown guys like going to the College Gridiron Showcase or all the way up to the Senior Bowl. It's about earning that traction and getting the attention and then what you do with it. I really like the quip when he was uh, going back and forth with the, um, the Notre Dame player. And it, it just is so reflective of, of sometimes the chip that Joe and I have felt on our shoulders uh, playing on the FCS level just because, you're like, I, I'm faster than him. I'm stronger than him. I can snap better than him. I mean, Joe harbors so much resentment towards every single long snapper <laughs> in the nation. And I, we see it firsthand, and it, I, I've seen it, and I, I felt that way. I mean, I was never that great, but I still felt that way looking at some of these FBS guys. It, 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 you just – you're like, wow, there's just so little separating us. And then to see, you know, his, his, his story about, oh, yeah, but I'm playing ahead of you. 
it's so great to hear something like that and him taking pride of coming from a, a school that didn't have such a, a huge stature in the college football realm. It, it was it it made me proud of where I came from. Yes, certainly, and again, just overall awesome conversation having to the ability to hear it from from Eric and. I think the thing that makes the the whole thing even better too is that he has so much experience in the media field too. I, I really wish we we could have spoken with him uh, a longer, maybe after the call a little bit, learn a little bit more about his his media career and how he worked his way up from there too. But just such an easy person to talk with, and I, I again I stand by the point that was probably one of the best interviews that we've had on this show and probably will ever have on this show. It was an absolute delight joe do you have any more uh thoughts on uh, the interview i do not i do not either thank you for listening into us try to hold our own with a true professional this episode <laughs> we hope you enjoyed it and as always you can follow the network at believe podcast network or believe podcasts on twitter and you can follow me on and Instagram, yes, and Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter at SeanAnderson65, Joe on Twitter at Joe DeLeon, and you can always find the show and feel free to leave us a rating, a review, tell us you think that we sound like hyenas giggling. You can say that you think that my voice is too high-pitched. It doesn't matter. Just leave us a review. We want to know how we're doing. We want to know what you're thinking. Uh, keep reaching out to us on Twitter. We absolutely love it. Kwame, haven't heard from you in a while. Want to make sure you're still doing okay, but that's just me. Joe, <laughs> uh, anything else on the housekeeping? Uh, yeah, argue with us about using trumpets uh, for fighting, but also be sure to <laughs> check us out wherever you can find a podcast. If you're having trouble finding us or if you want to find us on a different source for your podcasts, you can get us on Apple Podcasts. Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, you name it. That is where we are and also the host of other amazing Believe shows. I believe the current directory of Believe is at 190, which is obscene that they have accumulated so many amazing shows with so many professionally talented hosts and producers working for them this network is continuing to grow and improve and if you have an interest in anything especially like we plugged eric davis's show that he does on the 49ers for the believe podcast network if there's any show that you're interested in, interested in listening to i can guarantee that there is definitely a show for it and if there isn't you can always reach out to the contact page and say hey I, i'm interested in this that really helps them and also helps the the, the network as a whole Definitely, definitely, definitely. Thank you all so much for tuning in. We will get back to you on Thursday? Thursday. Thursday. Can't wait. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.